Oh, 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, 
גם כשיש עננים שמכסים את הכל ולא רואים שום דבר, רק עומדים במקום זה קצת לא נעים איך הכל מסתלק, נעלם ונסתר ואז באים חברים לחזק להרים מביאים משפטים של אנשים חכמים אני עדיין בחושך מחכה כאן לבד. יש רק אחד שיודע באמת מה עובר לי בפנים. יש רק אחד ששומע אלוקים, אלוקים. וכך במשך שנים מתרגלים לחיים, ממשיכים כך ללכת. עולים ויורדים, מסתובב לאחור, את כל זה עברתי, כל זה עברתי. ואנחנו גדלים, חברים מתרחקים, משפחה, ילדים, הקשיים הרגילים. מה שנשאר מכל זה, זו רק ההרגשה ש... Oh, Rav Simcha, 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 oh, Rav Simcha,
Comes from uh, Aish, volume number three, a brand new here at JM in the AM, Kishoshana. Before that, the Rabbi Sons with La Yehudim. And boy, oh boy, are we hoping for those words to be uh, as true as ever during this month of Adar. Rakechad done by Yoni Z. Eighth day, we all belong. And I know that there is an increased feeling of all belonging together at this time. Um, and I'm glad that we have an opportunity to gather together here every single weekday morning at JM in the AM with uh, Matis on JM Sunday uh, during our live lunches, which we are trying very hard to keep live so that you're hearing from someone live on a regular basis during our live lunch period between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. And um, and I thank you. And I want to thank those who've been uh, sponsoring our broadcast. If you go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, especially for those who have yard site around this time, if you are looking to uh, sponsor a broadcast in memory of somebody or in honor of somebody or to uh, to sponsor our presentation of Rabbi Yudin or Rabbi Goldwasser and their Divrei Torah, um, we, like everybody else, could use the help at this time to keep us going. So keep uh, keep uh, going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Click on Sponsorship Opportunities and um, keep us going and at the same time dedicate a portion of the program uh, for whom you wish. Higiyaz Man Hagu'ula, that is a song by Lipa. Nice theme, especially again for this period of time. Yossi Green's Hesachadas and Regesh with Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. I want to, uh, I want to thank and um, cite with admiration those rabbis in our community who have, uh, I'm, this is not going to be citing the rabbis in our community who finally have asked for their schools to be closed and their schools to be closed. I'm not, I'm not going there because that should have been done a while ago, but thank God it's being done now. Um, I want to laud the rabbis who have come out with public statements that there is no chiyuv of tefillah b'tzibor at this time, that one is not obligated in tefillah b'tzibor because one of the, again, one of the most distressing things for everybody in our community across the board, and I'm proud to say this, from the most, um, from whatever, you, I don't know what label you want to use, but from the most modern to the uh, to the most insulated Jews in our area and in this country, and I think in the world, uh, there are so many people in every segment of the community who are so careful to go to shul every single day. If I told you about some people who go to shul every single day, it would shock you. It would shock you. Um, so it's across the board, such a difficult feeling to deal with when there is no longer a Shacharis, Mincha, and or Mariv to go to. Because some people, frankly, you know, go to Shacharis every day and maybe not others, and maybe not other Tfilot. I know people who daven Mincha every day in an office environment, but are not usually in shul otherwise. 
So it's, it's painful. It is painful. And I think everybody, not just the rabbis, I think everybody agrees that it's painful. And I think it's painful for family members, you know, knowing that, you know, generally, um, you know, the, there are people in their family who, you know, have an appointment three times a day or twice a day, whatever the case may be. Anyway, I'm admiring and starting this broadcast this morning by um, citing with admiration those rabbis who have reassured the Jewish community that there is no chiyuv, no obligation uh, to pray uh, with a quorum uh, during this period of time, that the, the obligation is eliminated once you're in this type of emergency health crisis, once you're in a situation where, God forbid, not following the rules can harm you or a member of your family, or a member of the community, or a member of humankind. And I don't think anybody wants to be responsible for the murder. Excuse me, I shouldn't put it that way. I don't think anybody wants to be responsible for the sickness or death of anybody. I didn't mean to put it that harshly. So um, so here we are as we continue through this hard-to-believe situation uh, if you think about it, just you know, just a few days ago, literally just a few days ago, um, things were so different. You know, one of the biggest news stories of this entire period was the National Basketball Association suspending its season, um, and obviously, you know, all of us know how big the sports industry is in this world, in this country, and I think that was just on Thursday. Am I right? I think it happened on the 12th of March, if I'm not mistaken. So it is amazing. Just a few days later, you know, what has what has happened? And uh, all of us concerned about everything, frankly. And it is so important to take things day by day and so important to take things hour by hour. I was told yesterday that officially, and well, I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't say officially because I don't know if this was really an official source, but I was told yesterday that already, three weeks before tonight's, what would be tonight's Pesach Seder, so three weeks before the Seder, um, over 95% of the Pesach programs on this globe have been canceled, and obviously it's heading toward 99%. I'm assuming there will be something open, and, and I can tell you what I mean. Not, not right now, but in the right time, I'll tell you what I mean by that. But, I mean, uh, you know, who would have dreamt that this type of situation would arise and that everybody would have so many challenges, financial and otherwise. So it's, it's, it is advisable to take things day by day, hour by hour. One can be overwhelmed if we start thinking about Pesach. I mean, obviously we have to prepare for Pesach, but meaning if you think of the enormity that well, often people will say, oh, what's going to be three weeks from now? How are we going to manage the Yontif? Are we even going to be able to go to shul, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's number one. Got to take it, you know, one day at a time. And people already are thinking about the rest of the school year, which I get. Some people are, you know, are in pretty serious educational situations, proudly, and they and they would like to know, you know, how this is going to wrap up. People are already concerned about the summer for obvious reasons, whether it be, um, you know, summer camps or summer programs and. You know, are, are we going to get to the summer and our kids will still be home? You know, when it's been so difficult for families that have had them home, you know, for 7 to, to, to 21 days already at this point in some cases. So we are, well, we're going to take it day by day, hour by hour, and um, 
and pray to the one above for uh, the guidance and help that's necessary. Uh, in, in our community, and uh, I don't think it was a secret, I think this is something that both Rabbi Glatt to an extent, Rabbi Dr. Aaron Glatt to an extent, and certainly Dr. Dietrich with his strong demeanor on this topic spoke about Monday here on the air. It's no secret that there are communities that were very slow, segments of our community that were very slow in uh, taking the um, the precautions that are necessary, eliminating minyanim and shuls, m- meaning closing the shuls, uh, sending everybody home from school, quarantining, getting people off the street, turning turning the streets of New York into ghost towns, which is basically what's going on here. Uh, if anybody, you know, I mean, there are people on the street here where I am. Our studio is located on Grand Street in Manhattan. There are people, but I mean, not only is it, you know, so much fewer than usual <laughs> when when anyone, we have really large sidewalks here, and nonetheless, when anybody's walking, you know, toward you, everybody separates. I mean, it, it, it looks funny, but it's a good idea. And I hope that, you know, there are people listening right now who are, who are part of the segments of the community that have been going to weddings this week, unfortunately, that have been not adhering to these rules and now I think are finally implementing them. I'm asking you, and if you have relatives that are in that, you know, the segment of the community that, that was so slow, let them know about Purell and hand washing and, and, and uh, you know, using Clorox wipes on everything in the house from doorknobs to, uh, to you know, to the dials on the oven and everything else. Like, let them know that there's so much more that needs to be done other than just staying home at this point. And um, and hopefully the, the predictions that they have alluded to for our community, hopefully they will not come true because uh, what's happening right now is going to be illustrated in the data and statistics, you know, 7 to 14 days from now. And there have been some terrible projections because of the uh the way things have been handled till this point let us hope that that's uh that those numbers are really going to be toned down and that um as few people as possible will get this thing as few people as possible will have their lives in in jeopardy because of this thing 20 minutes before seven o'clock on this jm in the am wednesday morning we have a combination of um Past, present, and future today. Past because I've invited Donnie Katz. I think officially he's co-captain of the Yeshiva University Maccabees. You know how their season ended. Their season ended because of coronavirus. And you know what kind of season it was. One that has brought so much pride and joy to the Jewish world. And I mean world. Um, so we'll have him on. 8 o'clock hour. Looking forward to speaking to him. He was here with Simcha Halpert during the season back in January for the full-length interview, you may recall. And uh, present, Daniel Rose is going to join us. The Koren Youth Haggadah is out. The Koren Youth Haggadah is uh, available. And uh, it was developed by Dr. Daniel Rose with illustrations by Renat Gilboa, designed by Tani Bayer, and... um, you know, one of the things we try very hard is to get the young kids involved in the Pesach Seder. And uh, they have a, a, a unique approach of how to get them involved. And it's a beautiful Haggadah, just a beautiful Haggadah. 
uh, the Magerman edition Koren Youth Haggadah. So we'll talk about that later on. It's at korenpub.com, korenpub.com. And uh, the present. So that's the, oh, that's more like the future, right? I said the past. <laughs> that would be the future because Pesach's coming up. And the present, Rabbi David Bashevkin, who always has an interesting take on everything. Uh, we'll talk about um, being home and navigating this unusual situation in our community um, that so many of us are obviously going through right now. I mean, everyone's going through it to an extent, but you know, those with kids obviously have uh, greater challenges in many cases. Um, so he'll join us coming up. Rabbi David Bashevkin, always fun to get his perspective. We'll see if today's is going to be fun or serious or both. But he'll be joining us coming up. So yet another, I must say, stellar edition of uh, JM and the AM. And I'm proud to say that uh, that we are here. And we are here every day. Thank God. And we continue to be here every day. Again, if you want to sponsor part or all of this broadcast, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Sponsor in uh, memory of somebody, in honor of somebody for a yard site, whatever the case is. Go to sponsorship opportunities at the top of the page, fjbunity.org. Dot org. Um, trying to think there was, uh, oh yeah, let me remind everybody that uh, Rabbi Gertzelin is scheduled to join me tomorrow. For those of you who don't know, uh, Rabbi Gertzelin is the son-in-law of Rebetzin Esther Jungreis, the legendary Rebetzin Jungreis. And, um, and he will join us tomorrow morning as uh the story of the Rebbitson, 600 pages, the story of the Rebbitson, uh, simply entitled The Rebbitson, Her Life, Her Vision, Her Legacy, uh, has been uh, released by Art Scroll. Um, obviously, if you use promo code radio at artscroll.com, you'll get a 15% discount. Use promo code radio at artscroll.com, you get a 15% discount. Uh, Nachman Seltzer, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer wrote the book. Rabbi Gertzelin joins us tomorrow. Uh, I don't know how many of you ever met or had anything to do with Rebetzin Jungreis. Obviously, the younger people in this audience possibly, I'm not sure who I'm referring to. Uh, but in my day, as the expression goes, when any, any anybody, I mean, anybody ever referred to the Rebetzin, it was always Rebetzin Esther Jungreis. And um, and to hear the the moniker Rebetzin Jungreis around the Jewish community was, you know, as common as anything. And um, the book's really amazing. I'm I'm in the midst of it right now, and we get to speak about her tomorrow. What one of the legendary figures in modern Jewish history, frankly. And we'll speak with uh, Rabbi Gertzlin about that tomorrow here uh, about her tomorrow right here. On a JM in the AM. All right, so uh, plenty going on. Also, we uh, we're actually considering a, an interesting twist to our live lunch tomorrow, our Thursday live lunch tomorrow. We will keep you up to date if, in fact, it works out. Then tomorrow morning, we'll be certainly speaking about it all morning here at JM in the AM, and we'll let you know exactly what's going on. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A and H, Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs. Sausages in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today, and you'll be glad you did, that I could tell you. Um, more coming up. 
Where are we heading to? <laughs> Can't remember at this point. Uh, more coming up at uh, JM in the AM. This is a uh, oh, this is a, we'll do the other one. Okay, there's another recent selection from our friends at Eighth Day. Another great song called "Communicate" at JM in the AM. When my heart is full of joy, I got that brand new toy. I communicate, communicate. When my lunch falls on the floor, late for the bus and they close the door. I communicate, communicate. Talking has a way of pulling smiles from a frown. Sharing can turn your situation around.
יום מחדש, אני מודה, אני נרגש, כל נשימה, חיים במתנה. בכל יום מתעלה, הלב מרגיש ומתמלא, ומתוכי פורצת מנגינה. בוקר טוב עולם, בוקר שכזה, כל החושך נעלם, איזה יום יפה, אי שם שמיים נראים מעלינו, יש מישהו שם, והוא שומר עלינו, בוקר טוב עולם. J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. You heard the uh, Boker Tov selection done by Mordechai Shapiro. Um, 
Vizakenu, that was Shlomo Katz. Communicate, that was eighth day. Eighth day, brand new with that single here at JM in the AM. Minute to go before um, 7 o'clock. Looks like we have our news from Israel. Back where it belongs. Up on our board, ready to roll. Baruch Hashem for that. Um, a reminder that um, Rabbi Pesach Krohn was here last week. <laughs> it seems like a year ago. Uh, he was here last week on Thursday. We were talking about the uh, brand new book at the Magid Seder. It's available to you at artscroll.com. 15% off if you use the promo code radio. 15% off if you use the promo code radio. Check out the brand new book by Pesach Krohn. Also, the book about Rabbi Sinester Jungreis, which we're going to be discussing at length tomorrow. Enjoy 15% off. Use the promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com, artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. That's an important and worthwhile tip to keep in mind. Always use promo code radio. Wednesday morning with 43 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high temperature of 53. 45 right now in Yerushalayim, 43 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Big lineup today, including Daniel Rose. The um, Koran Youth Haggadah is out. We'll talk about that coming up. Another attempt, another successful attempt, I should say, to uh, enhance the Seder for the young people. As Pesach fast approaches, Pesach uh, starts three weeks from tonight. People have asked what we're going to do with our Pesach show. I'm not sure yet. Pesach show is scheduled for the 1st of April, which is a Wednesday, literally uh, two weeks from today. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll see. We'll see how we'll implement our questions and answers and our panel uh, into our Pesach program. Start thinking about that in earnest in the next day or two. And um, uh, Jay Booksbaum, no doubt, will join us before Pesach, talk a little bit about kosher wine. And some of the things you might be looking for as you do one of the few activities you still can do, which is go shopping over the next uh, couple of weeks. He'll join us uh, a few days before Pesach to go over some of those suggestions and uh, and uh, information. Uh, Galitzal, the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 1 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM the צהל מירושלים השעה אחת, שלום רב, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. השר לביטחון הפנים גלעד ארדן נורא לגופי הביטחון, יש להערך להסגר מלא כבר בימים הקרובים. הנחיתי את גופי ביטחון הפנים ובראשם המשטרה להערך לאפשרות של הסגר מלא ברחבי המדינה. החלטה קשה מאוד, אבל במצב שנוצר כנראה שהיא בלתי נמנעת. עדיף שננקוט אמצעים קשים לזמן קצר כדי לנצח את הקורונה במהירות ולמנוע מקרי מוות. בתוך כך כתבתנו עדה שטייף פרסמה כי כתב אישום ראשון יוגש נגד אדם שהפר את כללי הבידוד. בנוסף המשטרה פתחה עד כה 86 תיקי חקירה נגד מפרי בידוד ו-12 חקירות בעקבות חשד להפצת הודעות כזב. 2,600 אנשי צוות רפואי נמצאים בבידוד, שבעה רופאים, ארבעה אחיות ורוקח אחד שנדבקו בקורונה. כך פרסם לראשונה כתבנו לענייני בריאות מאיר מרציאנו. הדוקטור בועז לב, המשנה למנכ"ל משרד הבריאות, טען אצל אמיר איבגי, העברת המחלה בתוך המערכת היא מועטה. כל המתדפקים האלה במערכת הבריאות, הם לא נדבקו במערכת הבריאות. לא הייתה הדבקה בתוך המערכת. ההעברה בה, אם קיימת, היא מועטה ביותר, ואין חולים שנדבקו שם. נכון שזה בהחלט יכול לקרות, ובמערכות בריאות אחרות זה קרה. המערכת... 
מתרחשת, מתפקדת, היא מתכוננת לפעוט. מתחילת החודש נרשמו בשירות התעסוקה כ-180 אלף דורשי עבודה. כתבתנו ניביה גור. מאמש ועד הבוקר נרשמו 60 אלף דורשי עבודה חדשים בשירות התעסוקה. הם מצטרפים ל-120 אלף מובטלים שנרשמו בשירות מתחילת חודש מרס. 84 אחוז מהנרשמים החדשים יצאו לחופשה ללא תשלום. כמחצית מהמובטלים הם מאזור המרכז ותל אביב. כתב אישום הוגש היום נגד איה חטיב, צעירה תושבת ערערה, פעילת הפלג הצפוני של התנועה האסלאמית בגין מתן שירות לארגון טרור ומסירת ידיעה לאויב בכוונה לפגוע בביטחון המדינה. על פי כתב האישום, חטיב עסקה באיסוף תרומות תוך מצג שווא ולפיו הכסף מיועד לנזקקים בעזה מבלי שאמרה שהכסף מיועד לשימוש פעילי חמאס. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו דורון קדוש. עלייה של 25% בבנייה ביהודה ושומרון מאז כניסתו של דונלד טראמפ לתפקיד. כך פרסמה כתבתנו מוריה אסרף וולברג. עוד עולה מהנתונים שאספה תנועת שלום עכשיו, כי 63% מהתחלות הבנייה בשנה החולפת היו בהתיישבויות מבודדות. מזג האוויר ירידה בטמפרטורות ויעשה קר מהרגיל לעונה, תנשבנה רוחות חזקות, גשמים מקומיים ירדו מצפון הארץ ועד לנגב, הם יחדשו בהדרגה במהלך היום. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. JM in the AM, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Please keep in mind Yaakov Ben Rachel, Yaakov Ben Rachel for a Rafur Shlema. And please keep in mind Ita Bat Shifra for Rafur Shlema again. That is Ita Bat Shifra for Rafur Shlema. And of course, uh, your help with that is greatly appreciated. JM and AM Wednesday at four minutes after seven o'clock. Plenty coming up as we... Uh, Uh, continue on this Wednesday morning. Live lunch later on with Avrami from Israel starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we are trying to keep as much of our live programming as uh, possible uh, going during this situation. So I thank Avrami for the extra dedication uh, that he is, as usual, displaying. Uh, but I guess in this case it would be extra, extra uh, because uh, of the circumstances. So big thank you to him and, of course, the entire JMNAM and Nahum Siegel Network Staff Wednesday morning, JM in the AM with Benny Friedman. children laughing as they play the trees start singing without warning it's gonna be a wonderful day you know I got no patience for complaining to stop and fetch but all the bills I have to pay cause even when this should be sunshine but it's raining my feet will dance me to the crets my anyway so money The blessings, they're coming, but you keep on running, just sound and sing. Raz, pa, ri, harasho, harasho, slava bogu, harasho, life is good, life is great, it's a chance to celebrate. Harasho, harasho, it's a party, it's a ball, and ain't nothing gonna get me down at all. Harasho, harasho, slava bogu, harasho, life is good, life is great, afzeloch is all the hate. Harasho, harasho, 
feel dreary Or if your pot of course has gotten boiled Before you go and start to get all sad and teary There's a very special lesson to be learned Because not only when the sun is out and shining Or when you're acing everything you try to do The master plan is more than just a silver lining It's a golden world created just for you So how are the kids? We hope for the day when the whole world will stand up and say Oh 
Wednesday morning, it's JM in the AM. That actually was a request. Some of you are probably wondering why we went back to, what was that, 1986? I think it was around there. Uh, for that song from the Miami Boys Choir, we had a request on the app. Yeah, someone, people, When we tell people, let us know what you want to hear, etc. Uh, that was listener Sarah. Good morning. Can you please play a Shira with the Miami Boys Choir? Call you stroll together. Wow. Um... If you want to comment on the app, go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away, certainly. You'll be glad you did. Um, before that, you heard the uh, Yaakov Shweki selection. That's called Kedai. God Elbaz with a couple of beautiful songs, Tfilat Haderech and Avinu Malkenu. Two really nice selections here at JM in the AM. And Benny Friedman had Harasha. To open up the hour, 28 minutes after 7 o'clock. Well, as I said earlier, kudos to the uh, rabbinic leaders who are encouraging all of us to do the right thing um, during this situation. Uh, just a few days ago, nobody thought this, uh, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but many, many thought that this would not be all these precautions and all these regulations and guidelines would be necessary. Um, and, um, here we are in this situation. 
And as I said earlier, I think that the rabbis who have emphasized and have comforted the community by reminding us that we have no obligation to uh, daven with a quorum, tefillah b'tzibor at this time because of the of the um, danger, the danger that uh, that lurks through this uh, pandemic. Uh, I think those rabbis should be commended for giving a reassuring word to the community and in general for the leadership of most of the rabbis and really doing what's necessary to uh, to stem the tide, so to speak, and to make sure our community is following the regulations. Uh, some segments of our community, as we know, did not adhere to all the regulations when it came to weddings and it came to uh, minyanim, shuls being open, schools being open, etc. It looks like they are finally coming around, thank God, and let's hope that with their cooperation, everybody's cooperation, uh, we can uh, limit the number of people who suffer from this terrible disease, this terrible virus. And um, and please God, in the period of whatever number of weeks it's going to be, uh, get our community and the entire country and, and the world back to normal. Hard to believe that everyone's individual actions like this can have such an impact on the entire world, but that's the case. That is the case. Wednesday morning, it's JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechenishmas Harav Zebner Bessavalevi, and Zechenishmas Esther Basser Bessavalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. Rabbi Chonan Wasserman says, Vehemin Bashem Beach Shaveha Lot Sedaka. Avram Avinu believed in Hashem, and Hashem considered it as Tzedaka. Up until this point, did Avram Avinu not believe in Hashem? Also, we find the same idea by Kriyas Yamsuf, the parting of the Red Sea. Vayaminu Bashem, and they believed in Hashem, Uve Moshe Avdoi, and also in Moshe, the servant. Up until that time, they didn't see the ten makos, they didn't see all the miracles that were happening in Mitzrayim. We even learned that the nation did believe. So why does it say at this particular point, Vayaminu Bashem Moshe Avdo? It says in Masech Makos that when they saw the fox and it was emerging from the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies, Bachu Kulam, they all cried, Rabbi Akiva Sachak, but Rabbi Akiva was laughing because he saw that there was a prophecy being fulfilled. That once again in the future, Yerushalayim will be like its former days with the Beis Hamikdash and people buzzing and everybody coming together. So he was able to see that. And that is the reason that now he was laughing. Rabbi Chonan Wasserman says that the truth is that each and every one of us has belief. The only thing is that the belief is not equal by everyone. There was the great belief of Moshe Rabbeinu. There was the great belief of the Avos. And each of us has to work each and every day on that belief that we have in Hashem. And because of that, it is sort of a ladder that we all climb in the madregos, in the steps of belief. Rebbe Chonan says that a person has to reach the madrega or the level of the belief that they believe even what they're not able to perceive with their senses. They have to see something as though it was there. 
When a person reaches that madrega, they constantly are going to go upward in their belief, in their amuna Nashem. And so too at this point right now, in the challenge that the entire world is facing, the more that a person can bolster their amuna, the greater it will be for all mankind. It says that at the end of 120 years, a person will be asked, Nasasu Nasata Bemuna, did you deal in Amuna? So Reb Chaim of Tzanz asked the question, what does it mean deal? It sounds like it's business. And Reb Chaim answers the following, it is. When a person has a piece of property, they decide what is best to do with the property. Comes to be a point where they say the property increased in value, I want to sell it. Or maybe I want to build a condominium on that property. Or maybe I want to flip it. They're constantly seeing how they can do better with their investment. The main idea at this time is to always remember, that Hashem, you are with me each and every day, each and every moment of that day. May we hear Besuros Tavos, Yeshuas Nechamos, great news of good health, happiness, and long life for everybody in Klau Yisrael in the world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day. Shalom, 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 Shalom,
Mordechai Shapiro with Ivdu uh, Hashem Besimcha Ari Boyanju before that with Kishem. JM and the AM at 19 minutes before 8 o'clock Wednesday morning. The Magerman Edition Koren Youth Haggadah is now available. Go to korenpub.com, K-O-R-E-N pub.com. The Koren Magerman Youth Haggadah is the newest member of the ever-growing Koren Haggadah collection. In addition, it is uh, the latest member of the Koren Magerman Educational Series. It's a beautifully designed Haggadah with educational illustrations that form their own commentary, as well as stories, quotes, questions, and reflections to engage the child and encourage connection to the Haggadah text. With us live via telephone is the developer of the Koren Youth Haggadah, and that is uh, Dr. Daniel Rose, Director of Educational Programming for Koren. Shalom, Dr. Rose. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Hi, good morning, Nathan. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. You know, it's challenging times right now. We're trying to keep our kids engaged in a lot of different things as families go through uh, uh, difficult situations at this moment. Three weeks from now, three weeks from tonight, more accurately, we're really going to have a challenge, and that is to keep the children as interested as possible in the Pesach Seder. Now, as you know, Dr. Rose, there are others who have tried to do this. There are others who have, over the years, developed uh, systems through a youth Haggadah and, uh, and special features through a youth Haggadah to try to make that happen. What is unique about the Koren Youth Haggadah that will enhance the Seder for the young people three weeks from now? Trying times indeed, Nachum. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting here in my home in Modi in Israel. My five beautiful children are upstairs, uh, each trying desperately to keep their sanity on top <laughs> of each other. And, I, and, and what is, I, I think, powerful in this moment is we're being forced to withdraw from our global village, and now we're just becoming a, a tiny community of just my nuclear family, but yet people are going through this experience all around the world. Rabbi Sachs calls us, the, the Jewish people, the original global nation. And so there's something very powerful about Seder night, where the majority of, of the Jewish people are doing the same thing at the same moment, and we're feeling you know, this powerful connection despite being so dispersed around the globe. So, you know, I feel like there's a tremendous message from Pesach, from Seder night, from Haggadah for these trying times. We're all desperately trying to keep connected and keep sane um, and keep inspired. So we, we try very hard to create a Haggadah here that uh, speaks to the, to the child itself, the language that we use all over the Haggadah, from the translation to the instructions to the stories and to the uh, activities, are all written in developmentally appropriate language, but they're giving the child things to look at on the page that are designed just for them, not through the medium of a parent necessarily, although that intergenerational uh, connecting that happens every Saturday night is very much a theme of this Haggadah as well. Well, there's no question that uh, you've hit a home run, as the expression goes, um, uh, with the translation, because I paid careful attention as I was going through it, and you know how many Haggadahs have a translation that are that completely do not relate to youngsters, uh, but this one, as you said, is really easy for them to read, really easy for them to participate. If someone would ask them, could you read you know, the English for us after the, after the Hebrew or Aramaic that we just read, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a great feature. But one of the other things that really caught my eye, and I think um, it may be the, um, uh, the, the, the unique part of this Haggadah, is that um, how many children sit at the Seder and anxiously wish, I'm talking about those who are, you know, eight, I think we're talking about those who are 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. They wish they could ask 
questions that are taken as seriously by their older siblings, by the adults, by the grandparents, and you basically have given them uh, an amazing resource to open this Haggadah, keep it open in front of them during the Seder, and have a list of really good questions that not only uh, uh, not only will intrigue everybody at the table, but will keep the young people, if the adults do it right, uh, connected during the Seder. And I, I think that's a wonderful feature. Well, you know, thank you. Questions are such an integral part of the Seder night. And in fact, education as a whole, there's a fantastic story I include in here. I, I stole the story from Rabbi Sachs um, about Isidore Rabi, the Nobel Prize winner in physics, who, who they, when they asked him why he became a scientist, he said, because while every other mother in Brooklyn was asking their, their kid when they came home from school, what did you learn today? My mother asked me, what, what question did you ask today? All right. And questioning is such an integral part of, of, um, of limut Torah, of, of, of education as a whole. So, and, you know, and the whole stage and I revolves around the Manish Tanah, where the children get a chance to actually stand up and take the center role. And what other ceremonies in, in, in Judaism and Halakha do we put the child so central here? So I wanted to expand on that and run with that. So, you know, at my Seder, uh, uh, to the chagrin of my wife, I, I give candy out to any kid that asks any question at any point in time. <laughs> and then, then we proceed to watch them uh, climb the walls with their sugar high. <laughs> so, yeah, as you say, every page I wanted to give them a question, but not just to ask, but also to think through themselves. And perhaps they can facilitate some of the discussion around the Seder table. Now, Dr. Daniel Rose is with us. The Koren Youth Haggadah is now available. Go to korenpub.com, K-O-R-E-N pub. Dot com. You know, it's funny, uh, many Pesach Starim, uh, and I'm sure people in this audience can appreciate this, many Pesach Starim are, um, are uh, dominated by questions uh, that are technical. You know, why does the, the Baal Haggadah, as we refer to him, uh, the, the one who created the Haggadah, um, why does he use this language, or why are they quoting this pasuk, or why are they referring to this person as opposed to another one in the story, and things like that. You have, for instance, asked a question um, when it comes to the part of the Seder of Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. Why do you think Rabban Gamliel chose these three ideas? And I'm saying to myself, you know, that's that's actually a really good question that could open up a tremendous discussion, uh, both at that point of the Seder and during Shulchan Aruch. Uh, but you know, but but the technical, you know, yeshiva guys in us <laughs> don't really uh, don't really focus usually on those bigger themes. If you know what I mean. Absolutely. Well, the truth is, those three for me as an educator, for me, the the, the Haggadah is a is a paradigm text on what good education is. And and I think the reason why Rabbi Gabriel chose those three is because those three are experiential. Because we're mm. eating. We can't eat Korban Pesach anymore, but that was the idea. We, we eat Korban Pesach because that was what B'nai Yisrael did when they left Mitzrayim. And we eat the matzah because it's the, it's the lechem oni, or, it, or it's the bread of, of, of liberty. And we eat marah you know, and, and, uh, to re-experience the, the, uh, the, 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 the bitterness and the hardship. And that's what Seder night is all about. It's, about, it's an experience. It's not, um, this is not like classes in school. This is not like classic limitura this is an evening of experiential learning and i try to replicate that on every page of the Haggadah, not just uh not just on robin gamliel's page no 100 percent. you have one here um fill in the blank when i left egypt i took with me my most treasured possession and that's obviously a great discussion what would everyone answer uh to that um why do you think god provided for all the needs of the israelites in the desert including bringing them mun you know why was he so generous to the jewish people in that situation I mean, you have some amazing uh, questions that uh, really open up 
uh, the discussion. By the way, you mentioned food, and I like the quote you have from uh, Professor Whitbourne about you know that that that, that sensory memories are always effective for those who are skeptical about that. Uh, when when as you mentioned with the food, you know when 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 we when we hear a certain song that uh, that we happen to hear and it could bring us back 20 30 40 years you know to a to a situation that's just uh, you know a complete memory for us so that happens with all the sensories and it's a uh, as you indicated it's really you know a, a remarkable way to experience it and um, you know for the adults that would be another discussion that kids can start you know <laughs> they could ask the adults what do you remember about the first time you ate matzah or the first time you sat at a seder and had you know murrah or harosis so that actually would be a pretty good a pretty good conversation starter i hope you don't i hope you don't mind that i'm doing some uh, 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 uh suggesting some addendums dr rose absolutely and as you're talking of addendums this is a great segue into uh mentioning that it that it comes with an educator i'm sorry a parent educator companion guide to help the parent or educator, but I actually hyphen the two because I believe that every parent becomes a uh, classic educator on Saturday night, the truth is every day of the week, especially in times where we are all living full on 24-7 with our children, we become parent educator kings. And uh, I, I designed and wrote a, uh, a, a companion to help the parent um, you know, maximize the educational potential of the, of the Haggadah and of Seder night as a whole. So that is available for free download if you purchase the Haggadah from the Koran website. Oh, phenomenal. All right, go to koranpub.com, koranpub.com. Uh, pay careful attention to the uh, resource guide for uh, educators and parents uh, when you order it uh, so that you can get that as well, koranpub.com. You're looking for the Magerman edition of the Koran Youth Haggadah, an illustrated Haggadah for reflecting questioning and experiencing and the illustrations are interesting because uh, you know that uh, obviously you want the uh, children to be engaged with their eyes and to want to keep the Haggadah open and to and to sit and turn the pages and be intrigued by uh, all of that I'm sure the illustrations had a very important uh, role in all of this right absolutely well this is uh, as you mentioned at the, at the start of the segment a continuation of the Magaman series and we've right. been doing this with the Siddurim for younger children as well we have a tremendously talented and creative illustrator called Renat Gilboa. And the process of designing a Haggadah like this, just as the Siddurim, was tremendously exciting for me as an educator, partnering with Renat and the other t- design team at, um, at Corin, where we, we used the, tri- the, the illustrations as uh, a commentary in themselves. Each one is a resource to be used. Um, and, you know, Renat is Israeli, very Israeli in a good way. And so I never got my way on everything. Um, we, it was a chabruta of, of deciding how to use the illustrations, and she pushed back with her own educational ideas. And that was a very, very uh, uh, exciting, creative process. And so I'd like to think each illustration itself can be used, and the Educated Companion Guide, the Parent Educated Companion Guide, will help the parents to use each illustration themselves as an educational resource. All right, we can't recommend it enough. It's really cool. Uh, it's the uh, Magerman edition, the Koren Youth Haggadah, illustrated Haggadah for reflecting, questioning, and experiencing. It's for the kids, everybody. Three weeks from tonight, you want to make sure to have it at your Seder. It will open up some amazing discussions and uh, and really keep the kids engaged in all of the uh, uh, discussions that are happening at the Seder table. Go to korenpub.com, K-O-R-E-N-P-U-B.com. You're looking for the Koren Youth Haggadah. Dr. Daniel Rose, thanks so much for joining us. Wishing you a Chag Kasher V'Sameach, and I hope uh, we all get to the Seder three weeks from now with, um, uh, it, it, with, with peace and health 
and with our families still as close together as they are now. Oh, man, thank you for having me. Wishing you health and sanity and all and to all of your listeners. <laughs> thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. JM in the AM, Koren Youth Haggadah at korenpub.com, korenpub.com. Very cool. Um, more coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs>
JM in the AM, Micha Gammerman wrapping up the hour at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Uh, sponsor part or all of our radio broadcasts, go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Um, you'll see sponsorship opportunities, yard site, birthday, in honor of somebody, a memory of somebody. Go to uh, fjbunity.org. Well, I was not going to let the uh, aftermath of the Yeshiva University men's basketball season go by uh, without inviting um, one of their great players on the air to um, uh, talk about the season, frankly. Friday morning, you may recall, we spoke with Coach Elliot Steinmetz in, in one of the best and most comprehensive conversations he and I have had. And we've had a lot of really good conversations. Um, one of the best conversations we've ever had on the air. And that was the day after the uh, cancellation of the uh, Division Three playoffs, uh, Division Three basketball championships. Um, today, I've invited Donnie Katz, co-captain of the University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, to join me here at JM in the AM. Like I say, I couldn't let uh, any more time go by without someone representing the players to accept the thanks and accolades of the worldwide Jewish community, even though it seems like it was 100 years ago, even though even though the season was only canceled on Thursday. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, I don't want any more time to go by. Uh, Donnie Katz, I hope you and your family are healthy and well. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Pleasure to be here. Uh, you, you know, ju- just as you're getting so great at these media appearances, they cancel the season. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> you guys are all over TV. Everybody wants to speak to you from every newspaper in America, and uh, and all of a sudden, they pull the rug out from under you. All right, l- let's do the painful stuff first. When you when you left the New York area on Thursday, um, did you as players know that that the game would likely not take place on Friday? Um, at that point, we we weren't really sure. Uh, we had an idea. We talked about it the day before that maybe it might get canceled because of the outbreak. But we were about twenty minutes away from the hotel in Virginia when we found out that everything was going down. Division one was getting canceled. Then we figured division two and then division three. So we were about we were in Virginia when we knew about everything was going to happen. Unbelievable. Uh, is there a way to? We got your coach's reaction, and obviously, you know, many emotions. Is there a way for you to describe the players' um, disposition after this news came down? Um, so, so what happened was that we uh, we first found out about it, and then you know, at first we joked it off, as Elliot said the other day, that we're like uh, we try and push things off, or we don't try and take it in right away, but. So at that time, we joked about it. We were like, oh, my gosh, is it really canceled? And then I think later in the day, um, it kind of hit people hard, uh, especially the seniors. Um, so it hit me like the day after, but also later that night. So it's kind of tough to take in and a tough pill to swallow because we knew what we could do in this tournament. And you proved it because um, the first two games, and for those of you familiar with the way college basketball works, Yeshiva did make it to the Sweet 16. The first two games were relatively dominant. I mean, you won by big scores by a lot of points and had you know, t- had players that were scoring insane numbers of points for a uh, playoff college basketball game. 
And I would imagine you had a lot of confidence if you would have, I mean, this is, this is really an unfair question because I would guess you have only one answer to this, but if you would have played Friday's game, let's put it this way, you were fairly confident that you could have come out winners that day? Yeah, uh, we, we believe that we were ready to play, um, you know, that game, and, and we thought we were definitely going to come out victorious. And then, you know, leading and then taking that game and then leading to the lead eight and then the final four. So I think after those two games, after that win margin we had and just the way we were playing playing basketball, the best basketball we played all season, uh, we were ready to win that three sixteen game and go to lead eight, the final four, and win the entire thing. So we definitely had that confidence after getting those first two games out of the way. Unbelievable. Donnie Katz with us, co-captain, Yeshiva University men's basketball team. Now, I know you know this, and I know you probably know this even more than some of the other players may know it, uh, but the entire world is so thankful. The entire Jewish world is so thankful to you guys. Do, do you know, I said this to your coach on Friday. Do you know how many people I know that had Friday at 2 p.m. circled on their calendar? <laughs> no, nobody cared where they would be Erev Shabbos. Everybody was going to be focused on your Sweet 16 game. And I'm talking outside, obviously, of, of Israel, where, where it had been Shabbos already. I'm talking about every time zone, ready to just, you know, uh, you know just sit down and, 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 be, and be, you know, completely engrossed in, in the game. I assume you know this, right? Um, I, I know a little bit. I mean, we, don't, we all don't know how many people watch. You know, Coach talks to us about it that, you know, we have the entire community watching. My dad tells me, uh, a couple people tell me, but we truly don't know how many people watch uh, the games. We've been hearing that it's thousands of people, but we honestly we honestly have no idea. We know there's a couple watch parties here and there, but uh, when we before the games, after the games, until Akiva Popper tells us how many people are viewing, <laughs> uh, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't know how many people watch at that time. Yeah, but I'm telling you that everybody was looking forward to Friday's game. I know you were as well, but everybody was looking forward to Friday's game. And so many people, and again, it's hard to say this to you because it's no emptier feeling than for you guys, but you know, the whole community felt empty when it didn't happen and when when you guys couldn't continue to prove to the world that the uh, Jewish people can play basketball and the Jewish people <laughs> can bring so much pride and energy to the Jewish world. It's really, the, the, the whole thing was unbelievable. And, and Donnie, I... I, I I don't know if you could put this one into words, but explain to this audience what type of a commitment it takes and how long it takes to make it to the Sweet 16. Most people will look at your schedule and think, oh, it takes from November you know, to, to February to make it to the Sweet 16. Tell us how long and what type of commitment it takes to make it to the Sweet 16. Um. It's kind of, you know, I think every player would say this, um, you know, you take, you know, after the season last year, you take a couple months off and then, you know, maybe one or two months and you got to get right back to work because starting, uh, let's say, June, July, you got to get, you got to get back in the gym, do your, uh, do your work and get prepared for the season in November. Um, so, I mean, starting November, uh, maybe October, uh, we get, October 15th this year, we were allowed to start practicing with the team as a team of coaches. And that starts about 6 a.m. every day, and then you finish about 8 a.m., and then you got to go to school, and then you do it all over again the next day or the next night, so you're practicing four or five times a week at least. So when you start that the season, you're ready to go, and every game is one one day and then a break and then another day. But 
you're practicing those days between you waking up at 6.15, 6.30, as Elliot talks about uh, when it comes on the show. And it's just a commitment from us. Is, it's a lot, and it takes a toll on our bodies, and then we got to go to school every day. So it's it, 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 So it's something that you don't see in college basketball around the country. It is quite a commitment. And, uh, and chasing those balls that are going out of bounds and making <laughs> those uh, 60-foot passes, that's also not, not easy, right? Uh, but what I, what I was getting at, in your case – if I were to ask you again how long it takes to get to the Sweet 16, you'd probably say years. I think some of your teammates and you would say it took years to get to the Sweet 16. You thought about it years ago and knew that every step of the way, as we enjoyed you four years ago and three years ago and two years ago last year, as we enjoyed all of this and developed this incredible fandom for Yeshiva University basketball, you would say this was a commitment that started a long, long time ago. Yeah, uh, uh- yeah, not just talking about this season. Um, um, so uh, I'd say about four years ago. I mean, actually, when Elliot was recruiting, uh, a couple of us we talked about it. Um, as he talks about a lot, uh, that you know, trying to reculture the program, trying to revamp and make it something that people looked upon as something enjoyable to watch. So coming in that freshman year, a couple of us—me, Simcha, Tyler, Kevin—we uh, were all thinking about about that and how we're gonna change this program and make it something enjoyable and change the culture uh, and to make it successful. And that's what we try to do. Um, and leaving our senior year knowing that we did that is something that just you can't, you just can't take in, you know, uh, like you just can't think about it after we, after uh, coming in and we've all done that. So, you know, it's going to be emotional. I mean, it is emotional leaving now, but leaving on the right foot and what we developed is something that can't, you know, you can't not look back upon. <laughs> Have you had uh, have you had any serious long discussions with Simcha since Friday? Um, you know, we we try and we try and push it off. Uh, we probably spoke a little bit after you know after, we spoke a little bit after the game, but um, you know, uh, we try not to look back upon that right now. And I'm sure you know a couple months from now we'll look back and you know after we won the the second round, we spoke about wow, we're really going through 16. Like you said, like look what look what. Look what we've done now. It's enjoyable to watch. So, um, you know, we haven't reached that point yet, but I'm sure we're going to talk about it in the coming weeks. Any consolation that Yeshiva's eighth in the country? <laughs> you know, uh, we believe we should be number one. I think uh, Coach believes that. I think around the world should be. But, you know, moving up just in the ranking and, you know, getting Yeshiva recognized around the country in Division two basketball is, you know, and then that I've dreamed of, you know, we've dreamed of for a while. And now that it's happening, it's just, and, I would say it's emotional. Any consolation that uh, you, your teammates, your coach continue to be showered with honors and awards and recognition for what you did this year? Um, you know, we, you know, Elliot talked about this, you know, uh, after, you know, the cancellation, you know, we, um, we get all these awards. You know, we uh, we finish in the Sweet 16, but it's not really one. Really, really, really wanted to finish the season. I think we wanted to finish the season, you know, as national champions, and we never got that job done. But uh, you know, getting all these awards, you know, my teammates getting all these awards, um, it's something special. It shows how hard we've worked and shows how hard they worked to get here. You know, uh, Ryan winning Player of the Year in the region. You know, his game shows for itself, and you know, he's a great kid and got great character and he's fun to be around and fun to play with. 
you know, Gabe winning that uh, all-region thing and Elliot winning Coach of the Year, respected and Simcoe winning. Um, I think it just shows to testament how hard they work and how, how great the team is and how great a brotherhood we have and chemistry and just how great we get along with each other. So the awards are great, but we really want to finish the national champion. You know what else was remarkable? That uh, in a basketball locker room, and all of us have impressions of, you know, athletes' priorities after big wins, you're singing Mishanich Nasadar and having a pretty Hamish celebration. We thought that was pretty cool, frankly. Yeah, um, I don't know. I really don't know who started it, but, you know, to um, I think it was after the second game, to just dance in the locker room like that, you know, where all these new stuff is coming out about you see the university, coronavirus, and how we can't play with fans, and we started it and all that. It just shows, like, you know, we're better than that. We don't really care what you say. We're going to come in here. We'll play every game. We're going to play the best game we have. We're going to beat you. And then we're going to go back in the locker room, celebrate, and Plum's right around the corner. So we're like, all right, might as well just sing the song. So, you know, uh, <laughs> you know so, so that's how we looked upon it. You know, we're not going to be looked upon by the other people around us. We're just going to go in here. We're going to win this game. We're going to come out victorious and we're going to go home. <laughs> Donnie Katz with us, co-captain Yeshiva University men's basketball team. Um, the, the, whole, the whole discussion that's going on now, about the possibility of the NCAA allowing seniors to extend their eligibility. Is this something that you are following or even interested in? <laughs> um, you know, I don't think it's going to happen for women's sports athletes. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I would, you know, to take a toll on my body in the season, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I went through a lot. Uh, I know my dad's probably this right now, wanted me to come back. I don't think it's going to happen anyway. Um, but if it does, and if all these guys come back in the senior class, I would consider it. But I just don't think it's going to happen. So, you know, I'm following it, but I don't think they're going to grant that. Donnie, are you aware of some of the people who are at the Skyline Conference Championship? <laughs> if, I, if I read to you the list of people that I recognized, <laughs> I think you'd be very impressed that all of a sudden <laughs> uh, people who uh, represent those areas of the community felt the need to be at your championship game. Uh, I know it was packed. To be honest, you know, talking to the guys in the court, I actually had to yell. I couldn't, you know, or I had to motion to them because when all you guys are cheering, which is great, you just can't hear each other so um so you know that was i mean that was the best atmosphere i probably ever played in especially at home and after the game you know your son was interviewing me on max live and my ears were still ringing so i didn't even i couldn't really hear him so you know the atmosphere is something that i think it beats all in division three and it's appreciative to show how much the fans uh care and love and you know I talk about this a lot when you guys are watching or anything like that. We don't feel a sense of pressure. We feel a sense of joy and excitement to go out there and not just play for us, but play for the Jewish people around the world. So um, that plays a big role in, in how we go out in every game. Just well, like we're playing for our team and we're playing for everybody else. Well, we love encouraging you guys, as do so many people around the world. I just found it funny that you became the hottest ticket in town. How many, pe- how many people asked you for <laughs> Skyline Championship tickets? <laughs> Uh, and a lot more than family. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's for sure. And finally, Donnie, I'll tell you that my favorite scene 
Um, because look, we've been, I think this audience knows that I've been to a lot of games over these years. Uh, my favorite scene, frankly, was, you know, you, you are, um, as professional as you could possibly be on the court, especially for those who know how emotional you are, you are always as put together as you possibly can be, which is to be admired because you are a very, uh, emotional, uh, person and player. Uh, but when those final seconds were ticking off in the Skyline Championship, seeing your reaction, it looked like it was it was a a goal of four years that you had finally achieved. That this was you know such a not just relief but such an incredible amount of pride for that achievement. And am, am I right that that essentially for those couple of seconds, th- those entire four years, you know, flashed before you? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think as the one the seconds ticked down, there's like a gif that my teammates made. I like, I fist pumped and I yelled, and you know, um, so, but yeah, I would say that you know, two out of four years that we've won here. Um, you know, I cried right after, and I, I told my wife the day before, I'm probably gonna cry if we win tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, uh, I did, and and it's just. You know, it really is four years flashing in front of my eyes, you know, coming from a freshman year to now, just dreaming and realizing what we've done here and how to even the culture. You know, I gave I gave Simcoe a hug at, at the court. I mean, we were both, you know, tearing up. And, Unbelievable. You know, uh, I, and uh, Elliot came over to me and he goes, are you crying? I said, absolutely. And he goes, yeah, I love it. Um, so Unbelievable. It really, was, it really was a lot of emotion hitting me all at once. And, yeah. Um, what a commitment! What a commitment, yeah. and what an yeah. unbelievable accomplishment! And boy, the, the how proud you made us! Oh, by the way, I got to ask you the question that I'm asking <laughs> anybody associated with the Max. What do you think of the uh, Ofec Reef Purim costume? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh, we seen a couple that were mentioned in the group chat, and, and I'm just losing it. <laughs> and now, by the I way, I, I mean you're probably aware of this. But you have, you know, you have Jewish. Com- I mean, we'll get back to this day, hopefully, where where we could do some of the following. Uh, you have Jewish uh, kids, you know, birthday parties at your games. You have uh, kids asking for autographs from you and the other players, uh, pictures and you know selfies, of course. Uh, and and you have kids who are now, you know, as as they toss their laundry or their garbage, and they used to be, you know, Magic Johnson. Now they're now they're imitating, you know, Donny Katz and Simcha Halpert. I, I mean, yeah. Um, I just, uh, you know, I say this a lot, and I tell, I talk to my dad about this a lot. Is that you don't really know. Um, I might have talked about this on last time I was on a show. You don't you never really know who's watching you, and these kids that are sitting behind the bench, they come to every game. Um, you know, at one point we were those kids uh, sitting there, and we wanted high fives and everything like that. So I kind of, <clears throat> I like to take it upon myself to recognize these kids because you never know how you can. Uh, Changed their day, especially just meeting them or talking to them, taking a picture with them. So, yeah. like I say, you never know who's watching you, and you have to be a good role model and take any anger that you have yep. and put it in yourself when they're not looking around because you and, don't want to show that. And I would, and I would bet at this age, you, you don't even know the half of it yet. You'll, you'll hear it down the road. You'll be, you'll be over, over, over the, over the next twenty years, and I, I, I can guarantee you this: over the next twenty years, and everyone should live and be well. You're going to hear from. Uh, from both kids and adults who, uh, you know, whose lives were changed. I'm not trying to be too dramatic, but you know, lives can change in a minor way also that, that are significant, uh, whose lives were changed because of, uh, uh, of, of their being so enthralled with what you and your teammates did both this season and throughout the last four years. 
Donnie, right. uh, what can I say? Thank you. This is this was really the point of, of getting you on this morning. I didn't want another few days to go by without people remembering. You know, it seems like a million years ago last Friday. No, does it seem like a million years ago? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it really feels like two, three weeks ago at least. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want you to. Uh, I didn't want more time to go by without saying a big thank you. Please tell all your teammates as well. I am representing, as you know, in this case, I'm certain. I'm certainly accurate in this case. I'm representing hundreds of thousands of people that have such an appreciation for what you guys have done, what you've accomplished, and all the joy you've given us. When one of my own kids was watching an NBA game and says to me, "I'd rather be watching the Max," I said, "Wow, that that's, that says it all." So thank you, sir, and we will speak down the road, and hopefully. If in the next few months, you know, the government officials allow it, hopefully we'll get you in studio at some point to do a really proper wrap-up with you and your teammates. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate it. A pleasure. Take care, Donnie. Donnie Katz is co-captain of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees. We give them one big thank you uh, for this incredible run and so much joy and so much pride. That they've given us, and believe it or not, and, and it is hard to believe. Someone pointed this out. Um, I think Rabbi Penner pointed it out during the Dvar Torah he sent out today that I saw. People don't realize that you know every hour that goes by, it seems like a day under these circumstances. It was just last Friday that the game was supposed to take place. It was just last Thursday that we heard the unfortunate news that the uh, you know NCAA had to cancel everything, uh, top to bottom. And I am not at this point, obviously, you'd have to be foolish to to argue with their action, obviously. At this point, it would be foolish, you know, with all the frustration that we had uh, with these games not being played in front of fans and then, of course, the cancellation. But it's still very sad and still uh, we wonder what would have happened. We wonder what would have happened. Donnie Katz is confident that Yeshiva University could have been the best Division Three basketball team in the country. Wednesday morning broadcast at 23 minutes after 8 o'clock. More coming up at JM in the AM.
Treat her kind, old friend, treat her kind Without her, where would you be now today? Everything God gives you is on account of her And all she needs is kindness to make it through her day Treat her kind
J.M. in the A.M. with Yaakov Shweki here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Treater Kind, Shlomo Katz, and Gershon Varoba off of the Yes Legacy. Let's keep our uh, parents, grandparents, senior citizens in mind at the minimum uh, during this time. And obviously anybody older in your community who, who you can help in reasonable fashion. Uh, we have to do it. We're obligated, of course, to do it. And we must do it. Eitan Katz before that, live in Jerusalem, volume number two with Kumi Roni, Wednesday morning. Well, now the moment we've all been waiting for, and that's, of course, Rabbi David, Rabbi David Bashevkin's appearance here on JM in the AM. I know that there are thousands of audience members waiting with bated breath to hear his uh, pearls of wisdom this morning. And he is, of course, the director of education for NCSY. He is a professor at Yeshiva University, and he is a columnist uh, on a regular basis for Mishpacha magazine. Rabbi David Bashevkin, welcome back to JM in the AM. What an absolute joy. You oversold me a little bit, but it's nice oh, a joy to be here. And I, and I didn't mention that the only synagogue still open is your book entitled Synagogue. <laughs> the Synagogue S-I-N is open for orders on Amazon. I can't thank you enough for that plug. That, You're absolutely right. Rabbi Bashevkin, that might be the only synagogue still open in our global exactly, community at this point. because you're not allowed to read it with a minion. It can only be read individually. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I've asked this of a lot of guests. Um, I think one of the encouraging things about these synagogue closures, frankly, is that uh, God does see, and I hope feel, Kaviyachal, that there is tremendous pain in the across-the-board Jewish community that we're not able to be in shul every single day. And I think it's credit to the Jewish community. We don't realize, I think this it took this pandemic 
to um, make us realize that we thank God as a community are more than ever addicted to being in shul on a regular basis. Uh, do you think that could be a positive, this revelation that we, uh, that we have uh, discovered during this pandemic? I think that people are discovering the, you know, at one time when I was in Nary Yisroel, I asked my, uh, my Rebbe, uh, you know, we're called Yeshiva Bakram. And I asked him, how do I separate the Bukhar from the yeshiva? It's hard to know mm. what is the content of a person's religious character and identity until they're separated from the institutions that they're a part of. You know, Rav Huttner has a letter where he says that when you leave religious institutions, whether it's yeshiva or a shul or anything, it's like taking a boiling pot off of the uh, stove. When the pot's boiling, you have no idea how much water's in it, because it's bubbling up. When you take it off the stove, you finally start to see how much water is in it. I think collectively as a community, we have taken our proverbial pots off of the stove, and we're all starting to see, and it's really remarkable, how much water is still left in our individual uh, pots. The question now, of course, and this is one of the reasons we invited you on, how long will that water last? Because uh, now all of us have a challenge. Obviously, you know, people are in different situations. There are people with older kids at home, people with younger kids at home. Obviously, there are people who are alone who we need to worry about and, and certainly be in touch with on a regular basis. Um, it, it, do you think there's any, I don't know, reassuring words that you could give us about getting through this situation, what we can as families do to make sure we survive what could be a long time together? I certainly don't have uh, the answer to this. My house is equally as chaotic as hmm. anybody else's. If I were to ask you as a thought experiment, if you had to pick two ages for children to be in quarantine with, a few people would select the ages of one and three, Right. Uh, which is what we have here in the uh, Beshevkin home. Uh, but we, we cope with this like we cope with anything. It is with a great deal of humor and silliness. Um, every single night, my wife and I, we're, we're eating at ETC in our house every night. Uh, it's not the ETC quality food and there's no waiter. But there is a little bit of wine. There's a little bit of wine. I hope that's okay. And uh, it's a little bit later than usual. It's once the house winds down. It's the moment in between, you know, whatever virtual programming NCSY is doing and wrapping up all my classes in YU and NCSY Connections. We have these moments now that are utterly quiet, so beautiful, and, and something special that we wouldn't otherwise have uh, the rest of the time. Every single day we try to get, you know, some we, – we, we, the stock-ups that we did is we went to the Amazing Savings Narish Kite toy aisle <laughs> and just bought every sort of, like, $2 water gun and bubble machine. And every day we give our kids a, uh, you know, some $2 very, you know, cute little toy that keeps them occupied for uh, – for, holds them over for an hour until they get bored of it. Right. Uh, my wife is a superhero – she, uh, my, my in-laws got my son a, a tractor, one of those like power wheel tractors. Right. And, uh, 
And he's been, my wife built it. It took about three hours. <laughs> I was just taking selfies of myself in the huge box that it came in, utterly of no use during did, that entire did, process. Didn't you think? Didn't you house. think this was an opportunity to prove yourself as a as a as the handyman around the house? I have proven myself that even in the most dire circumstances, I am utterly useless. I. I show her the limits of my uselessness. I can only take a selfie with a hammer and a and tools. I have no idea how to use them. Uh, so she took three hours and got the project done. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was all her. She's a she's a superhero. Uh, but I added the fun to, to the situation, and, and I'm a big fan right now. I don't know if you're doing Daf Yomi or Movie Yomi or Nach Yomi or Book Yomi. Do some Yomi thing for yourself. Mm. Pick something every day that you get to do for yourself. What a good idea. You know, it, it doesn't have to be the daf. It doesn't have to be nah. I don't know. You want to you wanna pick uh, every Oscar-winning documentary for the last 50 years and watch uh, one a week? Whatever, whatever it is, I, I'm a big believer is find a routine that you haven't been doing before and introduce it into your schedule. If you, if you, could, uh, watch, if you could watch one documentary, what would it be? Well, you're assuming I haven't watched almost every documentary. <laughs> uh, I, you're, I you're, love, allowed, you're allowed to I repeat. I love um, these ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries, which are fabulous. Yeah. Um, and there, there, there's a documentary on the Munich Olympics. Ooh, um, wow. Which is fabulous. It is fabulous. It's, it's a little scary, but it takes your mind off of what's going on outside. And what I do is I go on Wikipedia. This is really what I do. And I go and I search Oscar-winning documentaries. And I look at every one. They have a list. I'll go on Pulitzer Prize-winning biographies. They have a list. And I'll go down the list and say, hey, maybe I could, I could read a bunch of these. Maybe I could watch a bunch of these. Uh, I never would have had the opportunity to do that anyways. But find the routine of a treat, treating yourself every single day as something that you wouldn't be doing otherwise. You know, it's funny. Charlie Harari was with us yesterday, and I told him that, that because of the situation, I stumbled upon this documentary of Jim Valvano and how incredibly inspiring it was and you know and sure enough you know you could be inspired by a lot of different things and kudos by the way and I'm glad by the way Robert Shefkin I had a feeling that this <laughs> this conversation could go in many directions and I'm glad that, that you've allowed the looseness <laughs> of the conversation to uh, to kick in um, I uh, kudos to all those who are sending out some phenomenal words of inspiration, both short and long. For some people, it's hard to you know get into the long ones. And I'm talking about now from a Torah perspective and tefillah perspective. And Rabbi Beshevkin, have you seen the schedules that some communities have about online Torah study, online shiurim that are available? It has, to, it's, it's just it remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. Every institution in a matter of days, whether it's national institutions like the OU and NCSY, I was within conversation virtually the first night with Rabbi Akiva Tass. Yesterday was with Charlie Harari. Today at noon on Facebook Live will be with uh, Lord Jonathan Sachs. And uh, and whether it's my local school and all the learning that's going on there, or my or my classes in Yeshiva University, which were packed every day. I I was seeing faces virtually through Zoom that I hadn't seen the whole semester. They were blowing off class. <laughs> and suddenly there's a worldwide pandemic. Oh, the, you know what? The I, join this one. <laughs> I may as well go to class. I have nothing else to do. Exactly. Did, exactly. It, did it work? Did, did the technology work well when you were delivering your lecture? 
The technology absolutely uh, has worked really well, especially for educational institutions, especially at Yeshiva University, which in many ways was the kind of the ground zero of how how this outbreak is. Certainly when I first started hearing about it between New Rochelle and uh, and Yeshiva University, um, their response has just been phenomenal, uh, led by uh, Rabbi Berman and Josh Joseph and Durham Stern, who's the the marketing communications director there. It's really been been unbelievable. And through Canvas, you're able to do all of these uh, all these virtual classes. And the kids do do this. They know it so well. I mean, right. my good friend Rabbi Yaakov Glasser, uh, he he told me that if your Zoom camera is pointed to the ceiling on these <laughs> on these classes, you may be at a specific risk for the coronavirus. You may be of that age. Where uh, you gotta stay inside, you gotta be careful. <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> the indication is you're over sixty-five. <laughs> exactly, but these kids know exactly how to do it. They showed me. Everyone's changing the backgrounds on their virtual zooms. My background is a advertisement for my book during every class. <laughs> shameless plug, it. shameless plugger, right, Mishevkin. Shameless plugger, exactly. <laughs> Um, what was the most recent column you wrote for Mishpacha? Because I saw something on Twitter that I caught my eye the other day. I just don't know if that was specifically for the magazine or not. My most recent column came out right before Purim, and believe it or not, was a serious column about the role of comedy in my life. Interesting. And specifically on social media or general comedy? General, general, general comedy. Why I believe specifically in the front community comedy is so crucial. There's another article that I just shared on my Twitter feed, Bash Ideas, if you don't mind me uh, plugging that as well. <laughs> sure. I'm awful. You should throw me off right now, honestly. But Jewish um, Action just came out with a new issue. The cover story is about, is about children who leave the fold, children who go off the derech. But in that same issue, and it's a remarkable issue, they do such wonderful stuff, uh, they have an article on comedy on Twitter specifically. I didn't write the article, right. uh, though I make a few cameo appearances. Oh, very cool. So did someone judge what your best line on Twitter has been, or there was no rank? They, 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 they judge. You know, I'll be honest. I didn't love their picture, what they what they gravitated to, but that's part of the subjectivity of comedy. You know, I can't tell them what my best line is. They have to, uh, they have to find which uh, lines and personalities uh, jump out at them for themselves. You know, it's no secret. I mean, you know Jewish history. It's no secret that, uh, you know, comedy and Judaism have been intertwined for quite a while. And I'm talking about both professionally in terms of so many professional comics being Jewish. And, and of course, you know, the people always cite with all the difficulties that Jewish people have had in history, if not for their ability to laugh and not their ability to, you know, move forward with a sense of humor, it would have been much more difficult. I mean, that's the comment that Rav Shamsin and Saul Hirsch says, uh, I think all the way in the beginning of Shemos, maybe in Parshish B'Shalach, when the Jews are being chased by the Mitzrayim, and the Jews look up at God, and they say, I don't get it, they're going to kill us out here in the desert, where there are no, there are no cemeteries in Mitzrayim, you right. have to take us out here to the desert to get buried, and they're kind of being sarcastic. Right. And Roshantar Rafal Hirsch basically says, this Pusuk... Uh, is showing that Jews turn to comedy and maybe a little irony, sarcasm, when they're in times of crisis. Mm-hmm. This is the first time uh, starting in Chumash. Right. Very cool. I never thought of it that way. And we've been doing it a million times ever since. <laughs> and we have been doing it a million times ever since. There was that wonderful video of Mel Brooks 
with his uh, with his son. I don't know if you saw that, reminding people to uh, be extra mindful, comforting, and careful uh, about the people who are who are in their nineties. Can I hurry? Like ninety three, ninety four right. already. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, some people have suggested that uh, when you're looking for activities with your family, you might want to turn to the box from NCSY. Have you heard that suggestion yet? I have heard that suggestion. I mean, it's so funny what, what how that has turned into. I mean, we have a box that's available on ncsy.org slash shop, and we, we, we made it so it's free shipping now. It's 10% off. It's really giving it at cost. We're never really selling it for all that much. Uh, but we created it because it has inside these conversation cards, these what-if games that, uh, that are really meant to spark conversation. We created it for people to create for teens who are on these long bus rides in the summertime sitting next to one another to give a little bit of Torah, some whimsy, some silliness to their conversations on the bus. And then when we shared it with the public, people said, oh, this is great for shidduch dates. And now, you know, a year or so later, people are like, oh, this is great for a pandemic. <laughs> so uh, it's probably not what we had in mind. Uh, but once you're in quarantine and you're looking for a great way to spark conversation, Box is uh, definitely a great tool. You know, usually with Shidduch date and pandemics in the same sentence, it's dangerous, Rabbi Beshevkin. You know yeah, that. Exactly, exactly. This, uh, but it's great. You know, on a Shidduch date, you're, you're trapped with somebody, you know, in a Starbucks. But uh, you could be trapped there for a couple hours <laughs> trying to make conversation. Your own little I pandemic. <laughs> Exactly. We're all on a very extended shit update with our own families at this point. It's called The Box. You can go to ncsy.org slash shop, ncsy.org slash shop, and you could uh, see it's three it's three, uh, three uh, things in one. You ready? To, you know, I'm concerned that you may be a little bored, right, Bishefkin? You want to play a little, uh, a little game from The Box? Would you mind answering some questions? Absolutely. Well, you have the box in front of you. Right I now? certainly do. I prepare for my conversations with you. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. I am ready. So the conversation cards, it says here, what do you think is the best feeling in the world? Because on the back, it's a Stephen Covey quote that says, your life is a product of your values, not your feelings. And you ask, what do you think is the best feeling in the world? For me, recently, the best feeling in the world is being able to button an extra slim fit Charles Terwitt shirt without having to suck in my stomach. <laughs> that's the big. It that's is the big such victory. A feeling of accomplishment that I haven't felt in so many years. Dare I say, you know, it's been a while, and it just feels like wow, I am together right now. You know what's funny? I think they asked Tom Brady about winning the Super Bowl or the or the shirt thing, and I think he went with yours. I think he went with the shirt thing. Oh, the buttoning an extra slim for Charles Toy shirt is the sign of a life in control. Uh, then you're in control of your life. So that comes from the conversation card section. Then from the moral dilemmas, as a soldier who is obligated to listen to your commander, would you adhere to a command that goes against your personal morals? Wow, that is a tough question. I can't believe we put that in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It it depends which army I guess I am. Uh, oh, nice. It might depend what army I'm I'm fighting for. Am I right. in the Russian Revolution in World War One? Am I in an army with the, for a country that I believe in and whose values I believe in? So if, if if I if I defer to the collective values 
of right. the country I am fighting for, then I would absolutely defer. Right. In other words, if the commander is known to you to be somebody of values, you would obviously take that much more seriously than if the opposite, which is understood. Exactly. And finally, look at this one from the Would You Rather box. You know, the box has a box within it called Would You Rather. You're familiar with that, right? Absolutely. So the, the Would You Rather box asks, would you rather meet your great-great-grandparents or your great-great-grandchildren? Wow. I think I would rather meet my great-great-grandchildren. There's that great quote from Adin Steinzaltz who says that the true mark of a Jew is not somebody who has Jewish grandparents, but somebody who has Jewish grandchildren. Wow. And uh, I would love to see, you know, where this, life takes us to peer out into the future, I would probably rather meet my great-great-grandchildren. Wow, unbelievable. Rabbi David, Rabbi David Bashevkin is with us, has given us some interesting recommendations. I, I assume what you said earlier about Torah study, about books, about uh, documentaries, etc., that, that, of course, you know, b- being age-appropriate would apply to every age if everybody uh, you know, pays careful attention to try to fill their day. Uh, with something entertaining and with something uh, um, uh, educational, etc., then the day will hopefully go by faster. Because you know, Rabbi Bishefkin, when you tell people that, that it's only been four days since Shabbos, nobody believes oh it. <laughs> nobody believes it at this point. You know, I, I was talking uh, to, uh, I, I shared online that my parents, and I'm sure, I, I don't know where, where, if you were alive, that I assume you were, know exactly where they were standing when JFK got assassinated. They right. know exactly where they were standing. Right. And for my generation, I know exactly where I was when Kobe Bryant died. Right. I do. It was like a before-after. Right. It's so strange. I have no idea where I was <laughs> when this started, because I don't know when the starting point was. It's just, there's no clear before-after. I keep on turning to my wife, like, what day of the week is it? How long have we been here? Right. It just feels like we're creating this story as it's unfolding. Well, what I've done is I've I've recounted to myself where I was when the most important development of the. So pe- what's your moment? That's my the, question. The mo- what's the mo- your before after? The mo- the, you heard this like this is started. The moment was when we were informed last Thursday that Yeshiva University's men's basketball team would not play any further games. That was it. Then we knew that the pandemic was real. It's so interesting. I asked this question. A lot of people responded with sports cancellations. Yeah. A lot of people said when the NBA got canceled, when the Max journey came to a close. A few people said it's when Tom Hanks was diagnosed positive. Right. Which was fascinating to me. I said, what role does Tom Hanks play in your life? (laughs) But I accept all answers are the right answer. You just got to find your moment and build this story to really insert meaning and construct meaning wherever you find yourself. You know, one thing I didn't ask you, and and kudos to all the rabbis that have chimed in on this topic, and I said earlier, I both said it at the beginning of the show and again at some point during the middle this morning, uh, I think our rabbis deserve a lot of credit. Those halachic decisors who have comforted and reassured us that we have no obligation for Tila Betzibor right now. You know, it's one thing to be told the smart thing to do or the healthy thing to do, or if you care about you and others to do, is to close the shuls. But when a posek says there is now, because of the situation, no obligation for Tila Betzibor for, uh, for prayer with a quorum, I think that's very comforting and very, um, 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 very helpful, frankly, to the community, knowing that not only are we doing what's right, but we're doing halachically what's right. Um, the yeah no go ahead I'm sorry no the rabbinic leadership particularly the RCBC which got behind this so quickly 
and issued that statement. I was so moved when I saw uh, Tablet Magazine online, which is not an orthodox, per se, publication. Right. And they wrote a specific article praising the RCBC, the local orthodox rabbinic body, of their judgment, of their proactivity in all of this. And to see uh, other Jews, no matter the, the strike denomination where they are, finding comfort in the decisiveness of Rabbanim, uh, really making decisions quickly and communicating them transparently uh, has been absolutely remarkable, and I've never been prouder uh, to live in Teaneck. I've struggled with my Teaneck pride for a long time, <laughs> but uh, right now I feel it more acutely than ever. You know, I never thought of that perspective, but you're right. When you have definitive leadership answers, when you when 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 someone you know is is guiding you with with a definitive and and positive, and I don't mean positive meaning you know happy or good. I mean positive meaning that they know for sure what they're doing. Uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to go through all this. Uh, but I didn't ask you about the, the, the tefillah in general. Obviously, everybody is now um, uh, taking care of, uh, of praying by being at home and praying at home. Uh, any special insight or anything that's happened over the last week that, uh, you know, with, with the you know, private prayer as opposed to what you and all of us would be doing on a normal basis, you know, get the shul as often as possible? Any perspective on, on the fact that now this is all being done at home? So what what I've been doing is really uh, really twofold. Uh, number one, I've been getting my kids involved. I mean, you're, you're kind of lost without some of the structure of davening, right. and the structure of davening is something wonderful that we miss. But there are opportunities that we have less of it now. So two things I've done that have changed. Number one is right after I put on talfut and tefillin, uh, I don't start davening. I literally just sit down and just stare into space. Hmm. I, I, you could call it meditation. It's not. That would be too fancy of a word. I'm, I just sit and take a breath and say, Dominic has started, but it hasn't started. And I just enjoy a moment uh, in my talus and chillin', which I find uh, immensely comforting. And the other thing is I go upstairs and uh, and I dive with my kids. I mean, they have these videos from their... Uh, local, uh, like, uh, preschool, wherever they're in, that their Mora put out. But it's cute. We say it, that we say a tefillah together. We say, say something together. To daven together as a family, uh, is something extremely special, uh, and that we've tried to turn our home into in the mornings. You know, the home has now become the school. It has now become your shul. And the home has really taken what I think is its rightful place as the Kodesh Kadashim of Jewish life. You know, it's interesting, on your first point, uh, people who don't normally go to shul don't realize that, that on a regular basis, on a regular weekday, even if you're in a minion that, that takes an hour, it, there's still pressure. There's st- it, it, everything is still... Oh my gosh, you're hopping onto a treadmill going at eight. I right. mean, yeah, when it, you it, go to shul, I mean, you're, you're always catching up. You're always mo- moving along. You can't just sit there. I mean, you can sit there and stare into space, but you're going to fall behind. There, right. There's no treadmill now. So just right. just sit, take take a breath. Uh, I think that that's that's crucially crucially important. Unless you're used to jumping onto a treadmill going at eight, in which case <laughs> you probably can also fit into the Charles Stewart extra swim picture. Boy, you brought this conversation full circle. <laughs> yeah, it's important. It's important. It always comes back to Charles Stewart Church, the, <laughs> the sponsor of this program. <laughs> Yeah, work on that for us, please. Has, any, has anybody asked you for an article in the last couple of days? Is anybody uh, uh, thinking that there is, uh, you know, a little bit of humor in all of this? 
I have actually had uh, a few people. Uh, I have an article, I think, coming out of this week's uh, mishpacha about uh, the my Shabbos experience and how this uh, oh wow how this broke out. Wow. And I have I can't reveal more, but I had a reporter uh, for a fairly large national newspaper in my backyard last night uh, yesterday. Uh, she wouldn't come into the house, rightfully so, right. uh, talking about uh, what's going on, how are families in Tina coping with this. Uh, people are really interested to see how the Orthodox community in particular responds to this, because in many ways we have the infrastructure, we have the resilience, we have Shabbos that gives us the strength to really cope uh, with uh, with whatever uh, this pandemic may bring. Yeah, and for those of us who never thought we really needed Shabbos, it's ironic that now we're wondering why can't we have two Shabbos every week? <laughs> more than ever. Oh my gosh! If I'm in, if I'm added to one more WhatsApp group, I might. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But that's but, but that uh, but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I, I think that that the the uh, because of what's happened in the shuls, we we've gained an appreciation for the wonderful addiction that we have to synagogue and to public prayer. And and I think the same thing here. For those of us who sometimes have been, you know, frustrated by Shabbos because we really need the time to do other things and never appreciated the gift of Shabbos, thank God we are, you know, coming to the reality of just how precious and amazing it is. So there there really is a lot. I know it's really difficult and everybody, no matter how old your kids are, you know, have different situations, and, and every situation is obviously difficult. It's only going to get more difficult, but there really is a lot of positive stuff that we could point out that we've learned even in the first few days of this. When you step into your backyard during this time, it feels like 1992. I mean, kids are playing, right. and they're having a great time. I, I felt like it was a scene of home improvement. I was talking to my neighbor <laughs> through our fence. I mean, it was... It was something really, really special. Does your does your and, neighbor reveal his identity, or not something that's yeah, no, yeah. Then who is that? Wilson, is that you? Um, we uh, we've really, really, I think, as a community, we've risen to the occasion. There's still a lot of people uh, sick and suffering, but we have the infrastructure, we have the perspective, and I think we have uh, the ability together that uh, we will uh, we will power through this. Phenomenal. I can't thank you enough for joining me this morning. And I remind you, Rabbi Veshevkin, that the only synagogue that's open is your book, Synagogue. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I can't thank you enough. Always enjoy speaking with each other. I appreciate that, Rabbi David Veshevkin. A very, very special segment for a Wednesday morning here at JM in the AM. Achenu Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Tomorrow, Rabbi Gertzelin is going to join me, and we speak about the incredible, late, great Rebetzin Esther Jungreis. The book is out. I cannot wait to speak to him tomorrow about her amazing and incredible life. That's tomorrow here in the 8 o'clock hour at JM in the AM. And uh, Avrami is going to be live starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are working on a on something very special for tomorrow. Hopefully, it'll work out. Details tomorrow morning, please God, here on JM in the AM. And I thank all of you for tuning in. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Feel free to email us Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. Please help keep us going. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Be as generous as possible. And if you want to sponsor, 
part or all of our broadcasts in uh, memory of somebody for a yard site or any other reason, go to fjbunity.org and click on Sponsorship Opportunities. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.